It's really interesting that, you know, as technology advances and advances, I know we're not alone because I speak to so many people in the same boat that mm. have this real desire to kind of go back to our roots. Yeah, absolutely. It's this real returning home yeah. feeling. Welcome to Conversations with Soul, a podcast with the intention to bring you back home to yourself. These Heart to Hearts are hosted by Miri and Liz, the co-owners of Soul Cleanse, a holistic health offering specializing in organic juice and whole food cleanse programs, plus so much more. With our guests, we will be diving into conversations about holistic health, spirituality, emotions, relationships, sustainability, plus other juicy topics that light us up. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Soul. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. You're here with Mary and Liz together and we just wanted to give you all a little bit of an update on our lives and what we've got coming up for 2023. Um, Liz in particular has got a very exciting year planned and so what we're going to do is an interview style podcast where I'm going to interview Liz and she's going to interview me. So we're going to start off with Liz. So Liz has got an exciting trip planned for next year and I'm going to let her tell you guys a little bit about it. Yeah, so Liz, what have you got planned? So next year, me and my little family, my partner and my son, who is nearly one years old, we are taking off around Australia in a caravan, which is so exciting. It's been a pipe dream for many years. Ever since I was a little girl, I knew at some point in my life I wanted to do this trip. And it kind of has all culminated to the perfect timing right now. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be traveling around Australia for a year. That's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about your plan, where you're going to go, anything that you're particularly looking forward to? We're leaving on the 15th of December, which is in less than four weeks. Wow. I know, it's really soon, but also really exciting. And we are planning to head to my family just south of Sydney first and Mm -hmm. stop in and see them. And then we're going to head to my partner Casey's family in South Australia for Christmas. So we're going to kind of be beelining straight down to South Australia making haste while we can and then after Christmas and New Year's we're pretty much going to start like the nomadic style traveling of the trip from there um, heading towards WA uh, which is where we're going to be spending I would say most of our time next year Mm -hmm. Um, planning the trip. It's been really interesting gathering lots of inspiration and resources from all the hundreds of families that have done this before of all their favorite spots and as we save them on our map and zoomed out we realized that it's mostly all western australia Mm. and me and my partner have both never been there amazing yeah and it's so it's so different looking to this side of the country Mm. it's very rugged and open and vast and a lot less densely populated Mm. so i'm really excited to get out in some really wide open spaces and feel that vastness. Well, that's going to be so amazing. Yeah. So there, And then from there we're going to head up to Darwin mm-hmm. probably in the winter to avoid the wet season and the heat. Mm-hmm. And then our rough plan is, it's very loose, that in the spring we'll head down the middle of Australia and see Uluru and then maybe cut all the way down and end with summer in Tassie. 
Oh, I love Tasmania. I love it too. We'll have to check in this time next year and see how how much you followed that plan and how much you got led on amazing little detours. Yeah. Exploring different places. Yeah. I think you've got to keep it open because Mm. we could find somewhere and love it and want to spend a month there or Mm. we just don't know. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's hard when you've got too much of a plan and then you miss out on some of those amazing things that you didn't even know existed when you set out. I'm sure we're going to meet people on the road that have been – places that we haven't yet that suggest stuff so yeah want to keep it open and sometimes it's so nice when you're traveling just to stay in one place for a while and just really soak it in Mm -hmm. yeah i can't wait to hear how you're going on the journey we'll totally have to do some check-in podcasts i would love that or maybe some features on social media social media or something yeah i'd love where are they now (laughs) (laughs) now the next question for you those of you who don't know Liz, she's an epic planner and organiser. <laughs> and also, as you are probably aware, that health is a real priority. Mm-hmm. So I know you've got lots of little funny things up your sleeve for keeping yourself healthy on the road. So it would yeah. be amazing for you to share with us what you're planning. Yeah. Uh, when we were first planning the trip and my partner was presenting caravans to me of like suitable options, some of them, didn't have an oven or, you know, like no real cooking facilities other than a barbecue outside. And I just said like, that's not going to work for me mm-hmm. because <laughs> health is such a big priority to me. And I can't, I, I just can't do a year of not prioritizing my mm-hmm. health. And I realize that I'm going to have to be flexible and adaptable on the road and things aren't going to be perfect. And I'm not going to have organic produce all the time, but we do have a pretty good setup in that I'll be able to look after the family and really keep us healthy and thriving on the road. Mm -hmm. So some things that I've thought of in advance, and obviously I haven't traveled yet, so we'll see how doable (laughs) these things are actually in in action. But I thought that I could take my sprouting kit with me on the road. Mm. So and when there's places that I can't access fresh greens or fresh produce, at least I know I'll have some sprouts Mm -hmm. and some greens that I can add to meals. We're planning on stocking up in places where we can access farmer's markets and doing big cook-ups and freezing some meals Mm -hmm. and, yeah, really trying to, like, stock up our pantry that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that I've been experimenting with lately is baking sourdough bread. Ooh, yummy. Yeah, using a sourdough starter. So I'm pretty sure I'll have access Mm. to, like, good quality flour on the trip. So at least having some nice sourdough. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, because you get so many different bacterias and, and yeast and things in the air, depending on where you are. So I wonder if you'll come back with these amazing mm. biodiversity in your gut from making fermented food yeah, in I different might have places. And a really awesome sourdough starter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very complex. Yeah. And sourdough bread baking is like a enigma. So I'm really looking forward to spending a year kind of mastering it. <laughs> I've only just I'm scratched sure the will. surface, but it's really fun. And every loaf that you make gets a little bit better and a little bit more sour. And mm. um, I'm enjoying that. So yeah, I have the time to I'll do have it. The time to do it, which is the gift, the biggest gift of all. And then obviously, like I said, there's going to be times when we're not going to have access to organic produce. So I'm just planning on doing little tips, like we've like we've shared on our blog here before, like washing produce in water with a dash of apple cider vinegar to Mm -hmm. at least remove some surface pesticides and herbicides Mm -hmm. when I can't access it. And then there's also going to be an element of surrender. I'm just going to have to surrender to the fact that we're not going to be eating perfectly Mm -hmm. all the time. And 
stressing over that is going to cause me more harm. Totally. Than just eating the food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the other part of that is like I guess when you think about staying healthy on the road, the first thing that you automatically think of is food Mm. and exercise. Mm. But we have a one-year-old son and Mm -hmm. I think at times that's going to be really intense for us. So me and my partner have had a lot of discussions around giving each other alone time. Mm. So that's a part of being healthy Mm. for me is, yeah, having some time of solitude where my partner will take our little boy off in an adventure and then I'll do the same for him. Mm. And we're also really lucky that my parents are also have just bought a caravan and they're going to be doing not a whole lap of Australia but little bits mm. and pieces. So they're going to be joining us on the road, which is so special. That's going to be amazing. So special that they get that time with Tully as well. Yeah. So it'll be really nice to share the load of mm. parenting with yeah. them. Oh, my God, it'd be so special. It would be memories from a lifetime. Yeah, lifetime yeah. memories. It's really exciting. I love that you guys have thought, put so much thought into it and, you know, obviously talked with each other about how you're going to, you know, look after each other on the road. I mean, you guys are always amazing at, at that kind of thing, but it'll be awesome to, I guess, continue that yeah. during the trip. I'm sure there's going to be so many things that you haven't seen coming. Totally, <laughs> and I'm sure that if we do a check-in, yeah, it's really nice to say all these things sitting yeah. here on a couch where I haven't experienced it yet, like yeah. expectation versus reality, but we'll just keep trying to be mindful and check in with each other and mm. adapt as we go. Oh, that's so great. I'm sure you're going to be inspiring lots of people along the way to oh. give it a try. <laughs> I wonder if there's people listening to this podcast who have done it themselves that are either thinking like, great idea, or yeah. being like, oh, yeah, you're, you're yeah, dreaming. Good, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing that's really exciting is your actual caravan itself. Yeah. It's fully off grid. Yep. Could you share with us some of the special features yes. of your caravan? And this made the story about finding it. And, yeah. yeah. I really wish my partner was here for this mm. because he has been so amazing at finding, you know, all the technical stuff about caravans and it's really his mm. area that he loves where some of it goes a bit over my head, but I do really appreciate it Mm. because we have this amazing setup now. So our caravan has two solar panels and a lithium battery setup, which means we should be able to generate enough electricity to keep us going. We shouldn't ever really run into issues except if we're, you know, using the air conditioner a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So there will be times that we'll be going to caravan parks and plugging in and Mm emptying our water tanks and stuff and charging up our batteries but for the most time we like to be mostly self-sufficient we've got a 190 litre water tank Mm -hmm. and we have a composting toilet and the reason that we chose a composting toilet is that when traveling off-grid water is actually your number one resource Mm -hmm. so with a 190 litre water tank we could probably go seven to ten days Mm off-grid but that's because we're not going to be flushing our toilet all the time and the composting toilets are amazing. It's not like a long drop, which is what people think yeah. of when they think yeah. of composting toilets. They're amazing these days. Mm. You would not know mm. at all. And there's no smell. They're very convenient and easy. So that's kind of the bones of our setup. And then also all of our cooking runs off gas. Mm-hmm. We also have electric um, hot plates for when we're hooked up to power. Yep. So we kind of have the the balance of both of yep. them depending on our setup. Mm. 
So, yeah. With the composting toilet, I'm sure people will be wondering how you'll empty it or how often, like what kind of maintenance are you expecting? Yeah. So there's different compartments for wee and poo. Mm -hmm. So wee goes into a canister at the front Mm -hmm. and there is, I think it's just vinegar that you put in that canister that stops the urine from smelling. Mm -hmm. And then you just unclip the canister at the front and you empty it in nature. It's not Mm. harmful, like think about animals urinate everywhere all the time so you can go and pour it on a tree Mm -hmm. and empty it and I think it lasts about two weeks until Mm -hmm. you need to do that and then I'm probably going to butcher this but the the number twos side (laughs) I think it lasts two months and it's like a canister that you take out and do we have to do the whole um, sawdust, putting the sawdust down it and that kind of thing? No. 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 Okay. It's just there's a chute that you open up, you do your business, and then you close the chute, mm. and then there's just a handle that you yeah. turn, which mixes it with stuff that's already in there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Another one, good one to check in with. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> you know, talk to me in February and I'll tell you how the composting toilet's going. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. And um, as you already mentioned, you'll be traveling with your one-year-old son. Yeah. Let's have a little check in with how he's going, yeah. what he's doing, and have you, what have you planned to be able to navigate having mm. a one year old on the road? Have yes. you had any, you know, had tips from other people talking about it? Or yeah, this has probably been like one of the biggest considerations is traveling with with a little boy who well, he's great in the car and he likes the car, especially if we time it around his naps. But I definitely don't want to be traveling for more than three to four hours a day with him in there. Mm. I just, I don't want that for him. Yeah. So after we get to our family in South Australia, mm. our we set a limit on ourselves that we wouldn't ever do more than three, maximum four hours a day mm-hmm. traveling in the car at a time. So that's that kind of travel component of it. Once again, I'll check in and see how yeah. that's going. <laughs> we're going to try and do it without, we were originally going to get an iPad and then we're like, you know, I have travelled around Australia with my family and we didn't have that stuff. Mm. It is doable. Yeah. It's a little bit more effort and a little bit more consideration, but we really want to try without it and mm. see how we go because I think it's quite easy to fall into that yeah. and it's a slippery slope. Yeah. So that's the travel side of it. But Tully himself, he is 11 months now. He's almost one. He'll be one a week before we leave. Mm. And he's very adventurous and he's he's happiest when he's outside exploring. Mm. He just loves crawling through grass and exploring rocks and mm. picking up sticks. So I really think he's going to thrive on the trip. He loves new environments and he loves, yeah, just being outside. So I think mm. it's perfect for him. Have you had to set anything up in the caravan mm. for him? So we've got bunk beds in the caravan. Mm-hmm. He will probably sleep in there for his naps during the day mm-hmm. um, with a little guardrail to mm-hmm. stop him from falling out. And then at night he'll probably start there and then he ends up in bed yeah. with me. So in a cuddly spot. Yeah, but our caravan bed is much smaller. It's a queen mm-hmm. and they're shorter. Yes. Me and my partner are both really tall. So that's going to be interesting. Mm. And what about... You know, when you're when you're camped up somewhere and you're busy cooking dinner or whatever and he, he's just learned how to walk. Yeah. Any any plans around that? Not sure. Keeping yet. him safe. Yeah, I probably need to wanna say contained, but yeah. <laughs> well, people have really cool you can get like these inflatable gates that go around your caravan. We're just gonna see what he's like. Mm. He's not walking yet, so I don't know yet if he's a runner. 
mm. or what. So um, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of um, Tally, mm-hmm. could you share with us the most surprising thing that you've discovered about motherhood in this last year? Mm. Really interestingly, when I was pregnant, I think this is probably a common experience for everyone. People are like, oh, kiss your social life goodbye. Mm. Um, Get your sleep while you can. And there's this real energy of deprivation Mm. around entering parenthood and I think it really scares a lot of people from going into it. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I definitely am not sleeping as much as I used to and it is hard at times but me and my partner have really tried to reframe it and Instead of making Tully fit our old lives, our lives are just different now, Mm. but they're different for the better. Mm. So, you know, I think early on in the game, we wanted to, we were really craving going out to a cafe for breakfast. Mm. So we took Tully out with us and he hated it and it was awful Mm. trying to entertain him and keep him, you know, occupied while we ate at a cafe. Mm. That's not fun for a little kid. So now instead we will take our breakfast down to the beach and have a picnic on the grass where he can crawl around. So Mm. we haven't tried to like make him fit into our old lives. We've just adapted. Mm. And then, you know, with sleep, I'm definitely not getting as much sleep, but every morning my partner will wake up and take Tully down to the beach, sometimes 5, 6 a.m. And he does it every single day. And at first this was really hard for him, but now it's actually the part of his day that he looks forward to the most. Mm. And it's created this beautiful routine and habit for him. And he never would have gotten up that early and seen mm. the sunrise every morning. So it's just reframing parenthood and seeing how you can make it work for you mm. and make it into a positive rather than viewing it as deprivation. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I guess it's that, that constant surrendering, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Just accepting that things are different. Yeah. That's really true, actually. Like, parenting is about surrendering Mm. even on days when you have all of this stuff in your head about what you want to do and what you want to achieve they always go downhill because you've you've decided what you want to do and your kid is not on the same page as you (laughs) but if you can just go with the flow of what they're presenting and what they're giving you it's so much more enjoyable Mm. it took me a little bit to get to that because mm, I'm, st- I'm still getting to that yeah year old <laughs> yeah oh we have days though you know it comes and goes but yeah massive surrendering mm, I remember that particularly in the early days it's yeah it's just surrendering and then surrendering some more yeah and again and again and um, now changing the angle a little bit mm-hmm. obviously director of soul cleanse mm-hmm. heading the road <laughs> i know you've got plans yeah <laughs> what what are you how are you planning on continuing to be connected to soul cleanse yeah what are you inspired to mm. keep working on while you're on the road yeah so i love work so much and it's a massive outlet for me mm. and i do often find that when i step out or like in on little camp trips or a hike in nature is when I get all these ideas. Mm. So I'm not naive that next year on the road, as I switch off, I kind of tune in and stuff comes to me mm. and I'll want to be connected to Soul Cleanse and really <laughs> stay involved. So actually it's going to be managing that and making sure that I'm actually living the experience yeah. on the road and not being at work when yeah. I'm meant to be enjoying nature. Mm-hmm. But the parts of work that I really love and thrive the most is working on 
product development and like what is next, how we can really help people in the best ways possible and being connected to what people need and seeing how we can solve those issues for people. Mm. So I want to still, you know, check in with the team all the time and keep my finger on the pulse with what's going on with these projects. But also I think we have both reached a point with our business where it's time for us to give the reins over to people that have the skill to really embody and take these projects on. Mm. We've been doing so much of everything, you know, like having mm. our finger in so many pies that it's it's really time for us to let people have ownership and, yes, you know, we can still set the direction and see what we see in the world and infuse that into soul mm. cleanse, but we don't have to be doing all the things. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how that goes because it's going to be a real, a really big like stepping back process for mm. me, which I think I'll probably find a little bit challenging. Yeah, it'll probably be really helpful to have the geographic separation from the business as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect time to do it. But I'm also really looking forward to continuing the podcast on the road. Mm. So in particular, I want to film, sorry, not film, I'd love to record some more dropping in episodes, yeah, some oh, meditations amazing. and yeah. hopefully bring in some energy from some beautiful places that I'm at. Yeah, beautiful. And I guess just what you're saying on how the role changes, I guess it's really stepping into the role of a true director mm. rather than you know so directing the energy mm -hmm. of soul cleansers is what I'm hoping for myself as well to really embody that being the curator of the energy of soul cleanse rather than be the the day-to-day -day operator yeah yeah because you I guess you sort of get a bit bogged down in that way and you can't bring quite so much of the magic mm -hmm. and and that's what the business needs from us it doesn't need us being bogged down it needs us bringing in new energy yeah so watch the space, everybody. Watch the space. <laughs> um, just on that real quick, I know you've got something in your caravan to support you with that, the um, staying connected. I can't remember how you're going to be doing your internet. Oh, yeah. Well, we were looking into the Starlink, mm. which is Elon Musk's satellite internet, but mm. we're actually not doing that okay. anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got a different antenna set up. Okay. But. I don't really know how the that space works. age yeah. antenna. <laughs> I leave that all in my partner's <laughs> hand. I know that we'll have internet. That's what I know. Mm. Another quick question: Are you going to learn how to reverse your caravan? Oh yeah, I did a. <laughs> okay, we did a caravan towing course last week, yeah. and it was amazing. Oh, cool. it I is, didn't know there was courses. Yeah, it was so helpful because That's it's so pretty good. daunting if you've yeah. never towed before. Yeah, but I reversed the caravan in perfectly. There's yeah. a whole system, and I love a system. Yeah. Um, you get a map and he basically you pull up near the park and then the teacher taught us like you pace out a certain number of paces mm. and then, yeah, there's just like you mark the caravan and it's just a whole system. You always see the couples at the campgrounds like shouting at each other. <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> and everyone's watching. There's no mercy. Uh, you have like the, the guy driving and shouting at the wife and the wife's like, oh, I don't know, a little bit left. <laughs> And everything's reverse in a caravan, like when you're reversing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you just have to get your head around that. But mm. I'll also check in and let you know yeah. how that's going. Because it, I remember some people I know have a little walkie-talkie system. So yeah. whoever's driving has has one walkie-talkie and then whoever's doing the guiding has the other walkie-talkie. So yeah, they, we got walkie-talkies. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to come and follow you around so I can watch you guys. Yeah, doing I your, should film doing it. Your reversing. I, do. I will. Please do. I'll film one. <laughs> Hopefully, one that we get right. <laughs> um, I guess you've sort of covered my next question, but I'd love to hear just you know in a concise, sort of clear way what your intentions are for next year. Well, actually, my broad intention for next year is to completely heal my nervous system. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, I feel like I'm with you there. Yeah, Mm. I've been striving for as long as I can remember. Mm. Like even I was thinking about this and tracing it back, you know, running a busy business, always working on something or reaching Mm. or striving, being, you know, a corporate worker, Mm. then university studies, school. School is yeah, really ingrains that in you, yeah. this striving and reaching mm. and getting grades and doing better. Mm. So I've never had a year off. I've never had any time off. I've been working since I was 14 years old. Mm. So, oh, goodness. Yeah, I don't know. What is going to come of this? What is going to come? It's going to be really interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. So I want to just simmer mm. and relax and enjoy and receive. Wow, I can't wait to see the results of that, <laughs> the person that this becomes from a year mm. of all that juicy goodness, oh, family time, yeah, nature time, family, nature. no pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe little pressures here and there, yeah. like reversing care of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, that's not deep. Life, just life yeah. in the moment, life. Yeah. Which I guess is what our nervous systems are really designed to be responding to, right? Those moments. Yes, those not little underlying, stresses, yeah. not that underlying constant yeah. stress, yeah. which is what we mostly all need to heal from. Mm. So I'm really looking at this year as a gift mm. for not only me personally, but my whole family. Yeah. 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 Excited. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all the, all the goodness about your trip. Now I get to ask you lots of questions. Yes, you do. So you recently brought or purchased a beautiful property yes. in the Northern Rivers. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you found it? Yeah, so my f- friends have known me for a long time will attest to the fact that I've always wanted to live on property with friends and I guess I've been talking about it for years and years and years and finally I met some friends that were ready at the same time as I was to find a property together. So we found a property in Reserve Creek, which is just inland from Cabarita Beach, which is where I'm living at the moment. And I guess we've been sort of keeping our eye on different properties and have seen a few a few different ones, went to have a look at a few different ones. But this one, I think I saw it when it had been put onto realestate.com at like I don't know, 20 minutes ago or something. So I called the agent right up and we went out to see it. And it's just this beautiful piece of wild land that has never had anything really done to it yet. The um, It was being so- sold by an elderly couple, so they're in their mid-80s, and they'd owned the property ever since it had been subdivided 30 years ago from being like a cow paddock, and he's um, spent in the last 30 years just replanting it basically so his passion's planting trees so he has planted thousands and thousands of trees over the years so now it's this 60 acres but 40 acres basically is conservation area which is all trees and 
yeah, most likely koala habitat and, yeah, really special sort of tree area. And then all over the other 20 acres, he's also planted lots of different pockets, including like a hardwood plantation that he was hoping, you know, planted with the intention to have it uh, milled at some point. And, um, yeah, and I guess he chose us to take over from him because, you know, he had a, quite a few other people interested in the property. But, yeah, he, he said himself that he had a sort of special interest in wanting to um, pass the property over to the right people. So that felt really special. Mm, I got goosebumps. Yeah, and so it feels like quite a privilege to be taking over this man's sort of life work, mm. really. And, um, yeah, and all it, it was a process to make it happen, especially with, um, you know, the logistics with two families involved with all, mm. um, all the paperwork side of things. Um, but apart from that, it has all sort of happened really easily and, and beautifully. And, and it was funny because that my intention was to have a property with a waterfall and ocean views. This was like my big picture thinking like it's never going to happen kind of thing. And it's funny because the this property, when it rains, it does have this little waterfall that appears out of nowhere. And then when you climb right through the forest, right up to the top, the back top of the property, there's this like teeny tiny glimpse of an ocean view. So when I discovered that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's this is this is the one." Even though it's not not the full on waterfall and ocean view, but it's it's still got them. Mm. So yeah, so we purchased it about a year ago now. Wow. Mm, and we haven't done much with it yet. We've just been sort of sitting and mm-hmm. and watching it, watching where the sun moves, watching where the where the shade is in winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask why you wanted to do this whole project with another family? I just I love the idea of community and doing things together. For mm. me, it just doesn't feel right to be, you know, a nuclear family just in a suburban house shut off from everybody else. I've always wanted to have people just around me, like not necessarily, you know, like the full-on, full-on community when you're completely, you know, your lives are completely intertwined with everybody in there and you have to make these really complicated decisions. I didn't want that. So it's kind of worked out well just that's just, you know, two families Mm. rather than, you know, a lot of people involved. But, you know, I've had experiences in my life where we were living in a bus for a little while and living within the sort of community of the caravan park. We actually met some really special friends there who are still good friends of ours. And I just remember the feeling. It was funny the going from living in a tiny bus but with this more expansive sort of space around us and then to going back to live in an urban house where the house is bigger but the yard is just completely fenced off. You know, you're looking out and there's nothing it's just us. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just love I love the idea of just having more people working together. And mm. I guess when it comes to living on a property, you definitely want more hands to help out because there's work. just never-ending mm-hmm. never work on, on the land with main, just even just trying to maintain the weeds mm. as a multiple-person job. And I just love the idea, you know, we've both got children, so the idea of just helping out a bit more with food and and childcare and and also because I've got an only child and I really want her to have more you know close relationships with other children and to have that I think just us out there alone would just 
yeah, they're a bit isolated. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing like motherhood to make you realise that, I don't know, I've been reflecting that we really shouldn't be doing it alone. Absolutely. And it's, I feel like society's got it backwards. Yeah, there's something so fundamentally wrong about how yeah how we, we raise we, children. Yeah. And so much pressure on yeah. single family units. It's it's just not how it should be, you know, no. and it's a, such a strain on the parents and then it's it's a loss for the children because they don't get the aunties and uncles and the grandparents and mm. and then you know the parents are more stressed and yeah and then also conversely it, it can be really intense on the children because there's also all this energy from the adults on them you mm. know it's not yeah it's just just sort of this intense environment instead of being this supportive more fluid kind of yeah way of living I love that you've just decided to go for it because mm. I think it's something that a lot of people probably think about but maybe don't take action on. Yeah, totally. And, I, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe this is one of those gifts of the whole COVID thing. It just sort of stimulates into, I mean, same with you probably as well, that yeah. for a lot of people I think it's stimulated action onto, you know, a, a new direction basically mm-hmm. or a direction that maybe feels really, really true for you. And, and it sort of creates impetus to just do it. Yeah. So what have you done the pro- to the property so far? So, yeah, like I said, we haven't really done a lot of huge moves yet. We've just been um, enjoying the process of feeling into the property and also <laughs> you're talking about surrendering with motherhood. There's a huge amount of surrendering when it comes to construction, I've learned in the last couple of years. So just you know, it took me a while to make up my mind what I want to do, where I wanted to put it. So I originally thought I was going to build a tiny house and I decided I wanted to build a shed instead. And then all the planning around that, my dad's an architect, so he sort of designed it all for us. And that was quite a quite a process of going back and forwards and trying to get everything right. And then the biggest thing we've done so far was um, the earthworks to make the um house pad or for the shed and that was quite a process for me because um we ended up getting (laughs) a cute old older man to come in and do it and when I was talking about wanting to not take it well when I was talking about where I wanted it he was like oh I wouldn't put it there I'd put it at the top of the hill and I was like but but there's there's all the trees in the top of the hill and he's like we'll just take them down and so he had this complete sort of disregard for things that I hold special so mm. you know you can see this sort of like blank look in his eyes or you know kind of this eye roll when I'm like oh but I want to <laughs> save that tree so anyway so we ended up going with what I wanted but in the meantime yeah he, he had the, you know this big machinery and it I found it quite traumatic so in the process he did end up knocking down some trees because he had this huge bulldozer that that was swinging around and there were actually a couple of trees that were unwell and posed a risk of falling onto um, a potential house or children or anything so we had to take those out but I I found the whole process quite traumatic because of how much this piece of machinery could do to the land Mm. that had been the same for forever so quickly like it's so quickly yeah everything looks different yeah and so he'd talk about you know you know make a suggestion about what he was going to do and I I didn't have like full comprehension about what that meant and I'd come back out there after a day and just be kind of in shock about the the change that had happened and um 
I don't know, I guess I just was reflecting on, and my, and my daughter was really upset by that and, you know, some of the, one of the trees that he kind of knocked down in the process was a tree she liked climbing. So she was really upset and lining up all her friends to throw rocks at him, <laughs> which they didn't actually do, but um, she was like furious and I found myself justifying it to her because we're building a place for us to live. And it just made me realise, like, on a grander scale, like, that justification, you know, whether it's to make money or to make place for people to live, but on a much bigger scale, like, it was kind of shocking for me to to witness that. And it was just, yeah, just interesting, I suppose, to witness the whole process mm. and and how in my head it's okay to to do that for, for me. And, you mm. know, I guess it's just that that nature of humans to stamp their mark and their priority on a on a landscape but anyway so that was quite a process and it ended up wonderful and it's going to be a beautiful beautiful space and so what I did was I reached out to an indigenous elder who actually did ran a workshop for us a workshop a beautiful smoking ceremony for us here at soul cleanse and so I reached out for to him and Eve, another beautiful Indigenous um, woman, to come out and, and do a smoking ceremony for us and just to sort of um, connect with uh, any spirits in the land or, or, or just the land. And so that was a really beautiful process just to feel like at least I'm acknowledging the impact that we had on the property. Mm. And then the next piece, I guess, is to replant in a lot of areas. So those, those areas were, that we've done earthworks on are predominantly just grass. So I guess I'm committed to creating a more, um, getting native, native plants in to really create food and environments for native animals and insects. So I've, I've been reaching out with a um, Barangbar native nursery people to come in and give some advice on that. So, yeah, I'm really excited now to be creating, to giving back, I suppose, mm-hmm. after after the changes that we've made and also learning more about creating a food forest. Mm-hmm. So there's there are some fruit trees on the property but not a lot and not very productive. So I'm really excited to learn more mm. about about that and bring more of the food aspect into the onto the property. What is your greater vision for the property? I guess for me, short term is similar to what you were saying, just the nervous system healing. For me, that's just really slowing down and just really tuning into nature more. You know, we talk about it a lot, um, how important nature is to us. And I guess I feel like I'd like to come deeper into more rhythms of nature. You know, I guess in our lives, we have aircon when it's hot, we've got heaters when it's cold. We've got the same produce year-round imported from overseas and I guess I'd just love to really tune in a little bit more to the seasons. And I guess coming from New Zealand, our, our seasons are much more dramatic, like winter's freezing, mm. summer's warm, you know, So, but, but still paying attention to the land more. Like, you know, at the moment well, everything's flowering out on the farm and, and just sort of coming back into that nature a little bit more. And I'm really so looking forward to being able to sit and look 
onto the trees, you know, and have a cup of tea looking at the trees rather than having a cup of tea and looking at my fence. Mm. Well, my garden and my fence, but, you know, still like a, you know, mm-hmm. urban block versus mm-hmm. just having a bit more of an expanse. I'm excited about that. So short term, it's really just for me to heal my nervous system as well and just slow down and, yeah, just be more in tune with nature. And then I'm sure that that will move outwards from me and uh, you know I've got this vision which I've <laughs> another one that I talk about everyone for your ages about having women sort of like coming together and dancing around the fire and being a bit a bit wild so I'd love to just you know have have people come and do that with me and also like as I mentioned the food forest and also getting into more food growing I my mum's an incredible garden and has this amazing as always had amazing gardens and I would love to learn a bit more and hopefully keep something alive because so far my track record's not great. <laughs> so, yeah, and I just had the experience. And, I, I mean, obviously one of my key drivers was for my daughter as well just to have that farm mm-hmm. experience and with other kids. You know, we've got a little creek and a dam and, and a forest. So mm. how has she adapted so far to living on the land? Yeah, she. so we're not living on it yet, but we've got a little – old off-grid caravan out there so we go camping and spend quite a lot of time out there um until and, you're until we've yeah we've got a little space to live mm-hmm. so she really thrives out there she mm-hmm. really loves it she says that she feels like herself out there and she feels wild and free which that is so beautiful I how it's great she's eight that's and so it's kind of beautiful and also sad because the conversely she doesn't feel like that like at school and at home so it's yeah just watching the kids you know they they howl and they shout and they jump they run you know she's she is generally like quite a small play person she loves tinkering around in in small ways so it's fun watching her sort of really be expansive with her with her play on the farm and yeah, she's quite a girly girl. So I also love that she's getting the opportunity to like use a machete to chop down a bamboo pole to make a cubby and be around boys. My friends have boys. So that's just, yeah, it's, it's really awesome for her to have that experience. You know, as they get older, I'm sure they'll learn, you know, to use quad bikes and, you know, all those, the things that she probably wouldn't otherwise, you know, lean into her general taste of the things that she likes to do so yeah and I I mean I'm hoping also just to engage her more and more with with like growing food and and taking on some responsibilities around you know feeding animals and and things like that I just feel like there's so much positive yeah for kids to have their little jobs on the farm and to see you know the when I with food, what what goes into where it's actually come from, and, mm. and having that really tangible experience, and yeah, and she loves animals so much, and and already we've had um, not a lot of animal experiences, but our friends have just got a baby goat, so she's got to have hang out with a goat, and mm. our our neighbour's dog had um, nine beautiful puppies, so we borrow them from time to time, and and she puppy sits, and yeah, so I think just having. Yeah, a bit of more adventurous, mm. you know, and they, and they can run and they can go on adventures on the farm and it's safe and, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's really exciting. It's really interesting that 
you know, as technology advances and advances, I know we're not alone because I speak to so many people in the same boat that mm. have this real desire to kind of go back to our roots. Yeah, absolutely. It's this real returning home yeah. feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It's so yeah. amazing that Grace gets to experience yeah. that. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's exciting for me too to have that space that, you know, my friends mm. and, you know, people can come and also experience that. Like their children can also have that experience as well you know like you came out for my 40th birthday mm-hmm. and for me that was a real taste of this real special or a reminder of my childhood I remember because we lived you know on the edge of sort of a rural community and we'd have these amazing big bonfires and and hanging out on the farm and that's you know a really strong memory of mine you know with slip and slides and just kids everywhere and yeah so just wild yeah just a bit more spacious yeah 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 um, you spoke about your intention for next year of healing your nervous system. Is there yeah. anything else that you're working on personally or you intend to? Yeah, so for for work, you mean, or just, just personally? Just personally. Um, I guess similar to you, you know, when you talked about striving, I think especially from having a business and a, and a kid, it's like all my time has been put into purposeful boxes so every every moment in time there's a there's a task to be done and even if it's relaxing it's still somewhat of a task you know like I go to Kiva Spa but it still feels like I'm doing stuff and I have to squeeze it into this window of time so yeah and, and also we've had conversations around you know work and so for me it's like in the last few years I just had this realization the other day that I thought that work meant sitting at a computer and I've kind of forgot within my being that work doesn't have to be that put in a box Mm. and especially with the way that I contribute to soul cleanse you know because I love creating recipes so much I forget that that can be you know classed as work you know or contributing or contributing exactly yeah. contributing rather than work you know and so I guess I'm just wanting to create a bit more more fluidity around work and you know we've we're so blessed that we've got this amazing team at Soul Cleanse that as Liz mentioned are more you know we want, we wanted to really empower with managing the day-to-day things so I'm really excited to then sit back and see how I can contribute best mm. to, you know, our community of Soul Cleanse and mm. the forward movement of Soul Cleanse and, yeah, and then just really release the pressure on myself with this, this compartmentalised time mm-hmm. situation and mm-hmm. just, I guess this is kind of a, you know, might sound a bit ideal and romantic but, moving with how I'm feeling at the time a little bit more and allow myself to rest that's a massive one for me because like this I've sort of been pushing on through for a lot of years even when I'm exhausted and I just keep going so I'm yeah really looking to give myself permission just to have a little nap or Mm. rest if I feel like that's what that's what I need to do so yeah what do you think work's going to look like for you next year? Kind of what you've described. Yeah, I feel really excited to be moving more into a space of, um, I guess, content. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah contributing like podcasts still recipes and and i guess by actually for the first time probably in the whole time that i've had soul plans which is nearly 10 years (laughs) really claiming the fun stuff yeah and, and allowing myself to really receive that that is my work mm-hmm. and make that a priority rather than sort of like putting that to the side thinking that other stuff is more important so mm-hmm. yeah and I guess creating now we've got a few new things up our sleeve that have been up our sleeve they're probably getting a bit like four years <laughs> up our sleeve. more I reckon yeah so I'm just super excited and even for 10 years you know there's been yeah. things that I've really been wanting to bring into soul cleanse for a long time and yeah I just haven't I'm gonna say haven't had the time in quotation marks but realistically I just haven't really prioritized that you probably just haven't had the bandwidth the, and the bandwidth yeah there's too many plates you can't yeah. you can't pick up another plate and you've got yeah. that many plates juggling yeah and I guess when it comes to creativity you can't squeeze it in around all the other bits and pieces mm. you know you have like you're saying you have to have the spaciousness to allow it to flow yeah so yeah I'm really excited to I love that saying that you can't create from the same mind that you that the problem was generated from and it goes like that with creativity too like for us to be in like a masculine doing mode and then Mm. expect ourselves to come in with creative ideas yeah that's just not gonna work yeah you have to get into the right mind Mm. so yeah so that's what I'm thinking for next year and then also you know at the same with you just keeping connected with the team and Mm. being involved in certain aspects that I really enjoy yeah exciting yes very exciting well that was my last question for you amazing well it'll be cool for us to check in sometime next year and see how everything that we thought and everything that we intended to do how it's going yes and how things are in reality yeah (laughs) i'm just hoping i haven't found myself a new project to wildly plunge into (laughs) and actually give myself the space to to receive yep so thank you for sharing this thank you for sharing always love listening yeah and and we'll check in on our on our journeys at some point next year yeah thank you for journeying with us today we trust you received the wisdom shared in this episode if you felt the resonance of the conversation and think it will support other people please subscribe share this episode and leave a review Importantly, before we go, we'd like to acknowledge country and the Bundjalung Nation that we are recording this podcast on. We have so much gratitude for the abundant land we live upon that nourishes and heals us, and we hold deep reverence for the First Nations people that care for our country and for the wisdom they keep. May we be open to continue to learn and grow.